0: might one might one isn't this a lot of fun two 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 how's it going yeah good hey um so if you've been listening to these podcasts for a while you, by the way this is did you America he's Jeremy I'm Canfield hi how are you um we only discovered a few podcasts ago after we've been doing this for about two months that uh, the microphones we had been using weren't actually plugged in and working properly Um our voyage of discovery regarding the tech that we are employing, uh, across my kitchen table has extended to me noticing that on the microphone that I use, I've got a, a list of options on the front of the mic. And I suddenly thought, Oh, it comes with settings. <laughs> so I, I took a, a photo for New York producer because he knows all things tech and said, um, is there a preference of settings that we, we should have photo of the mic with the different settings that I've only just discovered are on the front of the mic. So if you can imagine a microphone, uh, looking, um, a bit of kit, and then, uh, it says on it front, front and back tight stereo and wide stereo. New York producers reply is that a microphone or a dildo <laughs> both <laughs> always with the jokes new york producer it did make me think for uh, more interaction on the website for this show which by the way is uh, did you America.com, we could start a new contest where we show a photo montage microphone or dildo <laughs> you know you know how um if you're making a purchase or doing something official or involving money online you get some of those are you a robot things and it it says click on each picture that's got a car in it we could do our version of that but microphone or dildo you know i hate
1: those tests because every once in a while i'll fail it and immediately think am i a robot oh and sometimes yes yeah they're not the easiest test like for i have a website i uh I illegally gamble Pornhub? on. Yeah, oh, no, well, no, um, that too. I do other illegal I'll things. I tell you, on you there. should say
0: We well, should have started recording this podcast about an hour ago. It took that long for Jeremy's computer to fire up because of the <laughs> amount of <laughs> pornography that is regularly streamed upon it. We were
1: definitely in a delay, but like the one, the one on my, the website I use, like. It'll be hard. Like Sometimes I don't know if that's a photo of a hill or a parking garage. There is a hill in the background, but all of a sudden it says, you failed, try again. Right,
0: okay. So yeah, maybe there is a future for that. In the meantime, while we work on the concept of microphone or dildo, you can go to didyouamerica.com for something way more wholesome because we are still selling our Did you America t-shirts there. If you want to support this podcast, they are great quality cotton, and not only do they contain the word America, America in a very bright red, white, and blue color. They also have a tag inside that says, America, Camfield, F yeah. Don't get better than that, folks. No, absolutely. Um, by the way, I just want to uh, make mention of the fact that um, when I woke up this morning, um, I saw a bunch of uh, posts on social media uh, that today is the anniversary of the Led Zeppelin reunion show at the O2. I just uh, mentioned that because... Guess who went to that show? Oh, you lucky bastard. I was so, so lucky. Everyone wanted to go to that show. The most A-list of other bands flew into Shitsville to go to that show. Steven Tyler chose to be in London just because um, Led Zeppelin, what was left of them, the three quarters um, plus John Bonham, sum, were going to do that uh, that one last show and uh, it was almost impossible to get a ticket i got hooked up uh, by a man in the by a man in the sauna
1: <laughs> what how
0: <laughs> they, what I, did you do for that ticket
1: well <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, i i i hadn't even tried because everyone i knew there was a lottery the tickets sold out in nanoseconds right and it was they were raising money for a charity and there was a lottery to get some tickets and then, you know, as I said, everyone who was an A-list musician themselves wanted to go to the show. People I was working with in, in London at the time wanted to go. So I hadn't even bothered. Um, but um, there was a guy I knew in the gym that I used to go to in Shitsville. And um, he, he'd he retired, but he was a big player in the music industry for years and years. His first ever job, he worked for a record label and he was the Rolling Stones first ever promotions person imagine that right and then from there he he basically just worked for everyone you know how a couple of podcasts ago i was name dropping telling you how you can't really see me but i am in the audience in the movie theater that's featured in the alien ant farm video for the single after smooth criminal right right. I, i could say that to this guy and his response would be yeah, have I told you about the time I used to share a house with John Lennon? <laughs> oh, so he's a classic story topper. Oh, he's got he's got the, the, the genuine stories about everyone. So anyway, we used to go at the same gym, and we're in the sauna one day. Uh, this is about a week before the Led Zeppelin reunion show, and he says to me, "Are you going to the gig?" In the most matter of fact way, and I went, "Oh, don't be silly. I haven't even tried to, you know, to <laughs> get there. It's, no, no one can get tickets." And at the time, I was getting ready to leave Schittsville for my first ever um, US job, uh, which was uh, in in New York, right? And this is the point of this story, because it shows you that even though this was an event in Schittsville, America came through. Because this guy that I knew goes, you're about to leave to be on K-Rock in New York. You've got to learn to start using that. (laughs) And I said, yeah, but people I work with, he goes, no one cares about where you work now. In London, no one cares about XFM, but the fact you're going to be on K-Rock in New York, people might care about that. That's a so, win. So I said, he goes, I was off the ticket and I turned it down. I go, what? And he goes, um, oh, saw Led Zeppelin in their prime. I don't, I don't want to see Robert Plant look like the back end of a bus now. <laughs> it's
1: like, it's a li- I hate this guy. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's a little bit unkind. So anyway, um, he went... Do you want me to see if I can get you my ticket that I've said no to? So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, could you? And I didn't hear anything more back, and I didn't bother him about it. That was the extent of our um, sauna exchange, by the sure. way. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> At no point he said, "Just give it
1: a tug." <laughs> a tug for Zeppelin. Yeah, it's a good deal. <laughs> Jokes on you, pal. <laughs> a pull <pool> for Plants. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, uh, I pull for Paige, but yeah, uh, I'm
0: trying to think of what, what uh, a uh, a shuffle for Jimmy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one's doing anything for Bonham's kid.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't hear anything anything more back, so I d- I just thought that you know nothing was going to happen with it, and then um on the day of the show, uh that evening. I was just about, I was at home and I was about to start making dinner and I got this uh, call from a number I I didn't know. And there's this American lady on the end of the phone and, um, she's like, hey, Ian, it's so-and-so from wherever. And I said, I thought it was someone calling me from New York about this job. And, um, she goes, I'm with so-and-so at the Led Zeppelin show. I'm like, (gasps) here it is. And she says, um. How close do you live to the venue? And I've got like door to door. I was probably about 45 minutes away from the O2 where it was. Uh, and she goes, Okay, they go on stage in 90 minutes. Leave now. There's a ticket. And I go, Oh my really? God. Really? And, and she goes, One thing get a pen and paper because I have some things I need to go through with you. And there were all of these code words to get in. And 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 I had to write down all this stuff. And she goes, now make sure you've got that with you because you're going to need that to get in. There are, you know, I was used to if I was fortunate enough to get on guest list, taking some kind of ID and that's it. Right. When I got to the O2, now the O2 is um, London's version of Madison Square Garden. Okay. There were thousands of Led Zeppelin fans who had no ticket but just went on the hope that it was gonna be their Christmas miracle back in 2007, that somehow they managed to get a ticket. So that was why the security, they would normally have metal detectors in general, that kind of security, but it was a sort of, should you really be claiming one of these tickets? And and it was like an exam at the the will call. I go to the (laughs) box office window and I had to rattle off these code words and then one person looks to the other person and goes, he's on the so-and-so list. Like it's a 10-4. He said, cat, pussy, dog, whatever the, I don't know. That <laughs> what wasn't- man, Go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, literally, that that was it. And then there was a thing. And anyway, it was the most amazing thing. So I, all of my passwords rang true. They gave me my ticket. They said, they're on in 15 minutes to so get in there. Uh, everyone was waiting for them to arrive on stage. So there was no line for beer. Um, I got, I remember getting two pints of beer cause obviously you can't leave to get more beer during this one. And literally it was like a dream. I got to my seat. I put one pint of beer on the floor in front of me, went to take a sip from the pint of beer. I was going to start drinking. Literally the lights went down and the intro video started wow. running. And I thought to myself, just as the intro video was running, I thought, huh? Flashback to the man in the sauna, not jerking him off. <laughs> and the words, no one cares about your radio station here, but you're about to move to New York. You should get a ticket for that. And that, boys and girls, is why America is so awesome. Even if, if I hadn't got a job in America and I was I was just staying at that radio station in the UK, I would not have that fairy tale, I got a ticket to the Led Zeppelin reunion story to tell you there we so, go we yeah, did man. it folks yeah. you're
1: welcome mm. i as an american you're welcome yeah well so uh did the sauna jerk off guy did he at least <laughs> <laughs> Did he at least get you a good ticket? Like, were you amongst these great celebrities or were you with the peasants? Oh, no, no.
0: I was in the – I mean, it wasn't the best ticket in the house, but I was just sort of off to the side with a decent view of wow. the stage. So, I mean, I, I don't know whether – I would say this. I don't know whether Steven Tyler had a substantially better seat. But I would say based on the fact that my eyesight is probably better than Steven Tyler because he's 100 years old, even if he was closer, I still had a better view. So let me. Okay, so like, obviously,
1: I don't know a ton about England arenas, but we, you know, I think from famous concerts and whatnot, for the most part, is it just the O2 and Wembley? That's where like all the big shows in England are.
0: Um yeah, well, I guess Wem- Wembley's more famous because I guess it has the, the soccer, soccer stadium right. next door to it. The actual Wembley Arena is is an arena, but it's smaller, and it's just a... Oh,
1: is that not... Do they not do the concerts where the soccer team plays? If you're huge. Like, like Queen would, play, is, is yeah, yeah, the yeah. soccer stadium. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But there's also a a concert venue The nearby.
0: concert venue next door, Wembley Arena, is... I think only about 8000 so, so it's, what, if you play at the soccer stadium you can play to 80000 right. people you can you can sell out Wembley arena for 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 8000 the but the um O2 is um the main arena because it's Madison Square Garden size, so that is about 16,000 people. But, like, there, what's like the main purpose of it? Is there a sports team there? Is it just like the oh, this is a funny story about again how stupid England is. So, the <laughs> so, what is now the O2 Arena, which is a very nice arena, um, because it was built by an American company called AEG, but before they took it over. It was built as a thing called the Millennium Dome, right? Whoa. Everything about the story I'm about to tell you just shows you just how screwed up British thinking is. <laughs> For a start, what about the Millennium made you think you needed a dome in London to celebrate it? <laughs> oh, so it was literally just to celebrate the, 20, the year 2000. Here's the thing. This is, I swear this is what happened. They built a dome... In a part of London that back then it was becoming residential, but it had just been uh, an area of lots of warehouses and some businesses. So not a lot of people live there. Okay. Uh, But, you know, it's one of those kind of areas where, where they start building some nice apartment buildings and some people move in. But so it was kind of in the east end of London. So it's out of the center of London. And um, they built this Millennium Dome. I don't. Re- I'm going to guess that they had some kind of party in it for the year 2000. But that was it. They built. A- they <laughs> built a dome. They Great called. They, they called it the Millennium Dome. Bearing in mind that this venue is now a 16,000 seater arena, you can imagine it's quite a substantial right. building. And after that, they didn't do anything with it. <laughs> right to, to to the extent that it was used for years after the millennium as a parking lot oh my god right so, <laughs> so, they, they, pumped so they
1: built a massive parking they, lot they
0: literally what's that is that, that Joni mitchell song they paid paradise put up a parking lot the twi- the 2000 <laughs> reboot of that Joni mitchell song was we built a millennium dome and turned it into a parking they lot were, because we're british and we're fucking stupid and just very inspired it by Joni mitchell gets better though this is another great example of america saving the day I love how even on this podcast, when I'm telling you stories that sound like they're going to be British centric, it no. still comes around to, but America, this is actually is, a, a, this is Brussels sprout syndrome for the millennium dome. Right. So what happened was it became a running joke that this massive building was built and it had literally been turned into a parking lot. And then I can't remember which one it was, but one of the Piers Brosnan Bond movies, the opening sequence started on the Millennium Dome because the big stunt was he was on a speedboat going down the river because uh, the sort of east end part of the River Thames is right, by where right. the dome was. And, and and basically the big stunt was he ends up on the roof of the dome and they, it basically has a fight with one of the villains and falls down the roof and everything. So So that was it, right? Okay. And then I think it was off the back of that opening of a James Bond film, an executive from AEG, who up until that point had been a big uh, concert promoter in, uh, in the States, saw it in James Bond. And when stupid Brits have got a venue of that size that was used for one party for Millennium Eve, a stunt for James Bond, and for about the last five years has just been a parking lot. We could put a venue in there. Right. And so they ended up buying it and turning it into a nice arena, a la Madison Square Garden. And now if you're big enough to sell 16000 tickets, you can play what was the Millennium Dome. It's now called the O2. And um, it was the venue for the Led Zeppelin reunion, which I'm not just saying this because I was there. Clearly one of the most important gigs in the history of music. Um, Clearly, you've never seen the Wiggles. I'm unfamiliar with the Wiggles. It's like
1: they're, they're like a child, like children's music group. Okay, yeah. Maybe they played. It was the, a dumb joke. I'm sorry. Did they play the
0: <laughs> Did they play the Millennium Party before the Millennium Dome became the O2? I honestly yeah. bet that they did. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Brussels Sprout Syndrome, America. Turned a parking lot into London's version of Madison Square Garden. Beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah. How about that? And now, Camp Food will tell you all about the American Revolution (laughs) against
0: England. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Christmas is uh, coming. 52% of us might never Christmas shop in person again. Um never mind the pandemic. I, I don't remember the last time I actually went out to do actual Christmas shopping. I, I mean, I was all about the online shopping and it's kind of good that I've, I have an excuse for that now um, because my family still live in Shitsville. So obviously it makes a lot more sense that you can just go onto Amazon to um, click on presents and pay for them and then, you know, get amazon.co.uk to send them to my sister's house for my, for my nieces and nephew. Although, having said that, even I screwed that up recently. I went to, well, I, I, I phoned FaceTime my sister the other weekend. My seven year old niece picks up the phone. Mummy's on her laptop at the moment, the seven year old says quite sternly. I said, oh, okay. She's on that. Jake is my three year old nephew. She's on her laptop because you got Jake's present wrong. Whoa, I aggressive. said, what? This is a seven year old. Yeah. How did you get it wrong? Mummy said she told you what to get, and you did it wrong. So apparently, my sister sent me a link to a present that I was supposed to order for my three-year-old nephew and get it sent to their house. Easy, you would think. Yeah. No. And I got I got I got told off by my seven-year-old niece for doing Amazon wrong. It's
1: pretty sad when a seven-year-old is trying to explain like basic technology this is why know. we
0: did this podcast for the first two months without realizing neither microphone was plugged in i'm just just not good with tech yeah i guess i can't really talk even though i've managed to correctly order on amazon it's not like i'm some tech wizard i would say this again the whole point of bringing a 28 year old into this podcast was that if i have a millennial he will know how to deal with tech and instead you got dick jokes right yeah exactly um but tied into that a, a third of people are dreading not breaking uh, uh, breaking the news to their uh parents that they're they're not coming home for christmas um because obviously it's the thing that people do annually and this year with the pandemic screwing up a lot of people's lives and stuff um they're not going to be able to make it home either because they can't afford it because they lost their job or because of uh, travel restrictions and they're holding off telling their parents um that they can't make it now my mum passed away a few years ago uh, I just wanted to bring this up as, a, as an example as to just how screwed up my dad is, psychologically <laughs> speaking. Because he couldn't be happier that I'm not coming home this oh, Christmas. No. <laughs> I, I, Stay I, in America. I'm... I'm I, literally. I'm... I'm the inverse of a Hallmark holiday movie. So many Hallmark holiday movies are about people struggling to get home for Christmas. I was told by my dad back in August, oh yeah, it's probably best that you stay in America this year. And and not because he was concerned about coronavirus closing down travel or me getting sick. This is what he was concerned about. Normally, I stay at my sister's house, right? And my dad lives 15 minutes drive from my sister, if that. My sister is having loads of renovations done on her house. She's having two extra bedrooms and bathrooms put in. Renovations that uh, they started in September and they're supposed to finish in February. So it's a a huge makeover, right? right? And so um, my dad, by the way, Still lives in the family home that we were raised in. So that family house used to be my dad, my mom, who is no longer around, and my sister and I, right? Okay. He, he raised a family in a three-bedroom house that he now lives in by himself. <laughs> bear, all, bear, bear this all in mind. Back in August, I think it was, I mentioned something about my sister's uh, renovations, and he just goes yeah 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 probably uh probably best that you don't come home for Christmas this year <laughs> and I said well I don't know if I can because of COVID. yeah yeah but just that uh, well why I said you know I will look on the travel restrictions because in August we didn't know if there was going to be a vaccine soon you right, know at that right. point in time well you know I mean who knows if you're going to be able to stay at uh, Suzanne's house because she's having all the renovation done and I thought you wouldn't even occur to you living by yourself in a three-bedroom house that I could stay at your house. What kind of
1: screwed up psychology is that? Gee, thanks, Dad. I
0: love you, too. I literally, he would rather he does not see yeah. his son at Christmas because it means that I might have to go stay at his house. And it gets worse, right? So obviously I decided with the way COVID is and the vaccine only just arriving that I was not going to um, travel back to the UK anyway. So now um, my sister, you know, every time I FaceTime her, because of the renovations, her house looks like a building site. They're having walls torn down. (laughs) They're wearing construction hats. Almost, pretty much, pretty much. I literally, I'll be on the FaceTime to her and builders will be walking passed in the background with bits of the house. They're like, oh, is that Camfield? Hey, how's it going, pal? <laughs> Eventually, right. So, um so that's going on. And um, my dad again lives fifteen minutes away in a three-bedroom house that he now lives in by himself. My sister's concerned that it's going to be really tricky to do Christmas Day in her house because although the builders won't be working, it's going to be like a building site. Do you think he'll allow them to do Christmas at his house? Oh, you're kidding. My aunt sent him a text message last week, half joking but half serious on behalf of my sister, talking about my sister's building work and saying, you know, they could do Christmas at your house. Which, by the way... No one would expect him to do any cooking or any of the work involved, because he wouldn't, like, trust me... open your door. Literally. (laughs) My brother-in-law's a great cook. He would handle all the cooking. My sister would, you know, majorly look after the kids and probably do any of the the, the dishes that need to be done as well. So literally all he would be doing is providing a venue, three-bedroom house that he lives (laughs) in by himself, a venue for himself, his three grandkids, his sister and his son-in-law to have christmas there they would bring everything and they would arrange everything he literally is providing the venue and, and they they wouldn't have to stay either because they live there no they <laughs> could they would drive in do christmas day there drive back and sleep at their own house eight hours max 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 (laughs) and they could and they could promise to leave
1: it the way they found it right so what basically when they were like hey we don't currently have a roof on our house you're just like i'm cool with a little rain
0: literally his response (laughs) to my aunt text message going they could do christmas day at your house was are you out of your mind
1: <laughs> I, I love your dad i actually
0: think that <laughs> no actually dad if anyone's got some serious psychological problems it might be you because <laughs> I, I don't understand just like, a tad. it's just i don't know if it's peak laziness or <laughs> some deep deep psychological problem that none of us understand it's a little bit of both i totally get
1: it because i avoid going home for the holidays at every chance i get until my mother jewish style guilt trips me into it but i again i get it like look we can talk on the phone we can have a meal another time he spent however many years with you before you moved to america Eh, who needs another couple of hours (sighs) <sighs> maybe you should start facetiming him and I'll
0: then and yeah he'd have a new friend we would be best friends
1: <laughs> we'll shut off the lights together
0: on halloween uh we got uh, song of the week updates and texas news coming uh before i get to that let's do a quick roundup of uh, swearing news on uh, did you america today um first of all Uh, breaking news Taylor Swift is releasing a new album tonight if you are gonna listen to this podcast in almost real time oh my god yeah and oh my fucking god she says the F word for the first time (gasps) ever Tay-Tay, say it isn't so. I'm wondering if, I mean, obviously this is the first time she said the F word on one of her records. But is it actually the first time she's ever, ever, ever said the F word?
1: Yes, she didn't even do it in the recording. She's going to come in live and do it. As
0: in, um, you know, what what was the name of that British guy that she was dating for five minutes so they thought it was going to be Tom Hiddleston. Do you remember that that? when he was going to be the next James Bond? (laughs) When they broke up, she didn't even say, oh, Tom, fuck off she's like tom you're never gonna be the new james bond no she just wrote a really emotional song about it right but without using the <laughs> f word so, no. so there's your first update on uh, on on swearing what, to taylor- what did
1: the world do without taylor swift swearing before i mean this is this how is this not the biggest news in the world
0: right well now? apparently i think she said shit before but she's never used <gasps> you know the the the, the f word so uh, i mean well, you know what's coming. I'll com- be burning her albums tonight. You know what? what <laughs> <laughs> you know what's coming next. The next album is like the worst of all. Because if you say <laughs> F, then you can get to like the most awful of all curse words. She's gonna but,
1: do like a Limp Biscuit cover album. That's like the next step.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> She's gonna brace yourself. I'm about to say the most controversial. I I'm so uncomfortable saying this song title. I always do a warning before I say it because this is the most offensive song title ever but i've kind of like ruined the joke now by saying it up but i'm even i'm I'm nervous every time i say this so (laughs) i just set it up like i'm about to say something very 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 offensive grip onto something firm what's on the following taylor swift album a cover of the cannibal corpse song entrails from a virgin's cunt oh no that's it you've been (laughs) cancelled (laughs) <laughs> just say. the other bit of swearing news is that uh, nicholas cage is going to start a new show for netflix about the history of swearing um is that
1: history written on the back of the declaration of independence because that's that's his nicholas cage's area of expertise
0: yeah i guess so i i don't know i mean uh i was chatting with one of my friends about this earlier on and um they were saying, um, you know, Nicolas Cage, is, is he out of money because he's taking any kind of terrible movie role? And apparently, I, I, the, m- most recently, he played the role of someone who was a samurai in space. I mean, sounds right. Uh, so maybe his agent called up and said, Hey, Nick, um, I've got a serious role for you. They, never mind, I know you were a bit upset about having to do samurai in space. How about the history of cursing?
1: <laughs> I mean, like, in, in defense of Nicolas Cage's movie television role choices i don't think he's been a good one in over a decade now i think all of them are just money grabs at this
0: point right well i don't know how much netflix is paying for this but these are 20 minute episodes for educational purposes um and he's doing um six i I guess it's one curse word per episode so um He's doing uh, curse words that start with, let's see, I'm reading the edited version of this report, which seems a little bit pointless, seeing as I just said the most terrible word, possibly in the most most terrible context. (laughs) Um, So he's doing uh, episodes on uh, bad words that start with the letters B, D, P, S, F, and damn. Why
1: Why does Damn not get it? Because I think he wants to
0: ease people in. He's like Taylor Swift. She's easing you in with the F Ah. word. Then, but you know what's noticeable on this? B, D, P, S, and F curse words, and Damn, there's your six part season. He's not doing an episode based on the C word. Ah. So I don't know. Maybe we're just building it. it, You know what it is? It's a new video that's going to debut on Netflix of Taylor Swift. And Nicolas Cage duetting on a cover <laughs> of the Cannibal Corpse song, Entrails from a VC. I don't even want to say the full title again I, because I'm it's so I'm watching offensive. that. <laughs> I, uh, that's our maybe not billion dollar idea for this for today's episode, but that, that's, that's a, a couple of thousand. Yeah, 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 definitely. Nicolas Cage and Taylor Swift duetting on Entrails from a VC D for, <laughs> uh, for a, a spin off of uh, The History of Swear Words, which is coming to Netflix on uh, January 5th. I'm I'm all in. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, Texas News. Angs, we have uh, song of the week updates for you next. Don't forget for everything relating to this show, didyouamerica.com all right uh let's do part two of did you america don't forget if you want to go to the website did you america.com it's where you can get our t-shirts if you want to support the web the uh the podcast um it is also the place where what are you doing i'm sorry my computer was about to die right as we started oh, just, this. i see i was <laughs> i was reading something on my screen and out of the corner of my eye i could it turns out that, it, that jeremy's just plugging in his laptop i thought you were getting out some sort of belt to tie off like you were about to start shooting up well you the said podcast. you
1: said start part two and normally i run to the bathroom before this but
0: um yeah also on the uh website you can uh, talk to us if you've uh, sent messages recently we'll get to some of those in just a bit um plus you can vote for song of the week i have sucker punch by you me at six currently getting 12 percent of the vote Well, that's low for you i know Uh, but it's okay because Jeremy's Choice the Captain is Drunk by Jack Johnson 6% oh that's accurate and uh, it's not over by Chobo Cop am I doing that no Clobo Cop Clobo Cop 82% I did this this is the same thing as I did on Monday I didn't read beforehand the name of the band and so therefore i've forgotten how to pronounce the name again which is very bad because they gave us a retweet that's why they're in, uh, the, in the lead for Clubly, slobbly yeah yeah right so anyway you can vote if you go to digiamerica.com or if you want to get on twitter the poll is on there i am at ian camfield on twitter it's not over by clobo cop 82 at the moment the captain is drunk by jack johnson uh jeremy's choice has got six uh, percent and my choice, Sucker Punch by at 6 at 12.5%. So, yeah, New York producers, uh, Clobocop, currently in the lead. All right, let's do uh, some Texas news because we do do this um, podcast from the great state of Texas recording over my kitchen table in uh, DFW. We spoke about it on uh, Monday. Elon Musk has uh, confirmed that he is, in fact, moving to Texas. Do you think that, because it was rumored first of all i think he heard this podcast and that there was a new tickle bar that opened in dallas (laughs) on uh, monday and went all right i am in
1: yeah i mean that's gonna settle it for at first he was like oh i'll go to austin because that's where all the hipsters go once he heard about the tickle bar he said get me to the DFW." exactly he said that
0: it's shirt on or shirt off yeah
1: (laughs) well yeah i think uh I think he did confirm that he either already lives here or is moving here. But regardless, his first test as a Texas citizen, it didn't go so well. He's already proving to be the shitty California neighbor we all thought he would be. What has he done? So uh, SpaceX had their, had a launch this week. I think it was actually yesterday from wherever their, uh, it's Houston, their it? I think, so they have, uh, it's somewhere near the Gulf of the Gulf Coast. It's a. The village of Boca Chica. I've never heard of that. But, you know, for the most part, they have a presence in Houston, the Gulf of Mexico, Florida, whatever it is. So, you know, the test, the launch went great. The, uh, The test pattern in the air went great. But the landing had a little bit of a snafu. It came in too hot. And when it hit the ground, it caused a massive explosion. So already, he's starting fires. He's the guy you know disregarding the thoughts of all his neighbors this
0: this is why you see all these t-shirts that are anti-california in texas they think he's bringing the california fires to the great state of texas it's not a thought he brought a
1: fire to texas with him (laughs) i don't think it's a coincidence now last time i told you i think elon musk is a super villain yes um now he's causing massive explosions for no reason i'm pretty sure uh he could have handled that landing just fine he knew what he was doing it does
0: add weight to the idea that
1: uh um, it's it's not a theory it's fact he's a supervillain. where is our
0: superman yeah yeah he's sitting in a hollow volcano somewhere with a a cat on his lap somewhere, somewhere around Houston. I was going to say, as long
1: as that volcano is not in Texas, um, you know, if just a little advice to Elon
0: Musk, uh, we are you sure it was spaceX and not just an oversized flamethrower because he <laughs> because, because remember he put flamethrowers for sale on one of his websites I because uh, it's tra- it's tra- I feel like he would have been as you say more on point with a spaceX launch yes or at least that would have been the excuse I gave no 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 it wasn't the rocket ship I just overegged the flamethrower yeah
1: I think you can describe all of spacex as just one giant oversized flamethrower
0: <laughs> Um, local boy, Malone has been um, hooking up uh, his old high school in Grapevine with Crocs. It's 2020 the year that uh, Crocs are going to properly be in fashion because I feel like we started 2020 with KFC giving out those crocs that smelled of fried chicken with the the crocs. So they smelled of chicken and they had a, a drumstick on the top of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we're ending 2020 with Post Malone with his own line of crocs Which he's given to everyone who uh, goes to his old uh, high school in in Grapevine, here in Texas.
1: I feel like Crocs have been trying to become that like joke, trendy shoe for a few years now because like you do see quite often they have like collaborations with other companies, like the KFC one, and you Mm. see some celebrity like Post Malone get behind it. But in the end, they are the shoes of nerdy outdoorsy dads and will always be the shoes of nerdy outdoorsy dads you can't make sketchers cool it's the same thing very comfortable those Skechers. Very co- so are crocs crocs are a very uh uh convenient shoe i mean it has holes you can go through water it's a whole thing right but uh, they're not
0: exactly the best look well he uh he did a good thing so everyone at the high school got a pair of crocs and um, he did it right they sent out a spreadsheet for everyone to fill out their shoe size although i feel like have you anyone who's got crocs you say they're very comfortable i've never seen anyone wear a pair of crocs and if you watch the way they walk it looks like they're always wearing shoes that are the wrong size for them have you noticed <laughs> that like, yes for sure way. so uh, but he sent out a spreadsheet apparently so everyone including the teachers like even the lunch ladies oh, and everyone wow. got crocs not not only just the pupils at the school he used to go to i uh i'm not the biggest
1: fan of post malone you would be most people would assume I am because with my current look and
0: braids in my hair, I'm literally a face tattoo away from being Post Malone. Well, yeah, if you start having face tattoos, you become Post Malone. Without the face tattoos, you are still Walter Becker from Steely Dan. Either way. It's your either or choice. Either way, I find out some great music. You either want to commit to being 70s Yacht Rock or or, 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 2020 emo rap. rap. Um, But I would say that the... um, You know, the face tattoo is a bigger commitment. Uh, Right now, you look like the guy from Steely Dan who always looked severely unwell, even when he was much younger in the 1970s. Thanks. Um, I don't know whether you'd rather that look or the Post Malone face tattoo look. I feel like the looking severely unwell at 28 is your natural look. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. The face tattoo obviously is a whole new level of commitment. I also, like, I feel bad for the kids at
1: that high school, like, if only, uh, Post Malone got behind like a shoe, like Yeezys, you know, something that they can get a little bit of value out of. Instead, like it, again, like they'll have their joke Crocs, but they're not going to consistently wear their. Crocs.
0: Do you think that the uh, the teachers at the school, um, obviously, it was a big thing, and, and I know, I you know, a great thing for uh, for, for Post Malone to do because you know Texans are very proud of Texas, so the idea that he wanted to give something back to the the place that he went to school in Grapevine uh, is to be commended. But do you think that the um. The people like the headmaster, you say headmaster here, sure. Principal, Every, okay. Principal, yeah. yeah. Every time I feel like I see headmaster sounds very British, it's um, very like uh, like boarding school, right? So, you here. would say principal, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the principal is okay, we've got some good news. It's, I mean, it's, it's the closest grapevine is ever gonna get to Oprah, unless for so you get crocs and you <laughs> get crocs and you get crocs, right? Unless for some reason Oprah goes there, so post malone is now the oprah of grapevine he's given everyone crocs do you think though the principal still couldn't uh, pull himself back from going i just want to say yes post malone's a great example of success and yes it's great that we're all getting crocs even the lunch lady and it's fantastic that he's giving us something back but please kids don't get face tattoos.
1: <laughs> oh, they already have face tattoos. I mean, I do. It's
0: too late. <laughs> it's, I, I, when, I, when I used to have a job, I used to have a job. Did you know? When? Uh, I, I used to be on the radio in DFW. The, you don't time. say. Yeah, have I mentioned it before? <laughs> um, people used to call up who knew Post Malone from back in the day because obviously he started here, so he would play bars and stuff like right. that. And everyone said he was really nice. There's a lot of uh, local pride in the fact that he was a good guy. who's done well. And, you know, by doing things like giving Not out his sure. crocs, he's, he's still a good guy. So I was all up for hearing those stories. And, but I'd always say to someone who ran the bar that used to book him to do covers on a Saturday night, when he started getting the face tattoos, did you ever sort of bring yourself to go, you know what, I think you might have enough now. You should probably <laughs> stop.
1: Like, Well, his dad, I know his dad works either for the Cowboys or at AT AT&T Stadium. He does something with the food there. He's like the head person in charge of all of it. So I always thought, like, the first face tattoo, you know his dad was, like, so embarrassed. He was like, oh, my God. Like, I hope no one at work ever finds out about my kid. And now he's like, he needs to play halftime at every Thanksgiving game for the rest of history. Like, you know, there's there's a point at which the face tattoo becomes okay. I think it's around, like, We'll say like a million streams on Spotify, something like that. Yeah, it's
0: the point at which you've made enough money so that you never have to get a real job to pay for food or any more tattoos. Basically, as long as we get like,
1: I don't know a hundred thousand more people listening to this podcast i'll get a face tattoo all
0: right there you go and jeremy will officially morph from walter becker from steely dan into post malone i did it all right the transformation <laughs> could be happening so uh, tell your friends they need to go to did you america.com um to see uh jeremy's transformation to uh severely ill-looking 28-year-old to uh, 20-something <laughs> emo rapper right there you go and uh, one last story uh, before we get into some of the people who have kindly uh written to the show texas pizza is now in hungary texas pizza hut to be specific
1: yeah so you know here in texas i think like outside of texas people are kind of annoyed by our level of state pride But here in Texas, it's all we want to talk about. Apparently, there is one country that is all about the Texas pride. Because in Hungary, their Pizza Hut has not one, but two different pizzas named after Texas. We don't even – our Pizza Hut doesn't have any. They have
0: two. They love it here. Pizza – well, I wonder if it's a different thing when you start getting into – Europe, because it always surprises people wh- wh- here when I tell them that if you go to the UK, Pizza Hut is a, a sit-down dining experience. We've mentioned this on the <laughs> right, podcast yeah, before. Yeah. Here, Pizza Hut, you go and get your takeout pizza, or they come to your door and they bring you pizza. Right? Exactly. In the UK, and you can get um, takeout pizza in the UK, but it is more of an Olive Garden experience. You would go to a Pizza Hut, they would. Um, greet you at the door. Someone takes you to the table. You can sit at the table. They have an ice cream factory. Or well, like their own... What do you mean like an ice cream factory? So, like one of those machines, like yeah, the soft machine. Yeah, so, oh, so not only... I mean, let's talk about our five-star dining experience. Not only... Do you get to sit at a table where they bring you pizza, which people eat with a knife and fork because you'll be getting the full pie, right? Yeah. But afterwards, dumb. afterwards, although this is meant for kids, but I always loved it. <laughs> they'll say, Do you want dessert? And they'll bring you cheesecake or whatever, but I would always go, Can I, as a grown adult, can I have. The ice cream factory, please. Because then you get to walk to the corner of the store where they've got all the ice cream on levers and you pull pull it Let's yourself. So you get to be the ice cream man. I, if I ever become like- I mean, that is a five-star Michelin review if you ask absolutely. me. Absolutely. Right? If
1: I ever become an, like an eccentric million billionaire, that will be my first absurd purchases. I will have one of those ice cream machines in every room of my house. Yeah, yeah. Just soft serve straight to the mouth. No cones. <laughs> no
0: tubs for the ice no, cream is that not oh, the dream like just putting
1: your mouth under and letting it go oh my
0: god see if you ever visit shitsville you're one trip and you won't ever want to go back there because it's shitsville right, right. you could probably just do that in pizza hut you're saying, do you... they have
1: a pizza hut in the airport <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'd you'd fly to the uk just to go to pizza hut so you can get your mouth around soft serve ice cream that they have only in the uk version of pizza well they're not
1: going to allow that here we're civilized in america (laughs) (laughs) but they uh i the one thing i found weird about the this Hungry Dallas Texas pizza is so they have the two versions is the Texas pizza is a barbecue chicken pizza. Right. Which I guess makes sense. Like outside of America, you think barbecue, you're just gonna think, oh, well, America, Texas, right, you know, right, country. Right. The the other pizza is a Dallas pizza, which, you know, hell yeah, we beat Houston, we beat Austin, we mm-hmm. beat San Antonio. Keep Dallas pretentious, that's what we do. But for some reason, their Dallas pizza is ham and mushrooms. And I'm I wanna know like. A, like, why does the country of Hungary have this love of Dallas as well? And why do they think we love ham and
0: mushrooms? Like, what does that have to do with Dallas? Is Dallas popular in Hungary? Is that where I should be looking for my new job?
1: (laughs) I think that's the only option of where you can go. Outside of Texas, it's clearly the most Texas place on
0: Earth. Wow. The only way to escape doing a podcast from my kitchen table and get an actual real job in broadcasting is to go to Hungary. It would be like it'll be like when David Hasselhoff couldn't get any jobs after Knight Rider and, so, and had to go to Germany to right. become a star right I, I I can't get a job after DFW so I have to go to Hungary and and start doing a radio show from their Pizza Hut well since they're our new official sister city I think we can make this happen
1: the only thing is I'd like to see those signs in Hungary twinned with DFW yeah. and then a big picture of the pizza right? yeah, well that's what I'm I'm saying I think we need to adjust. Let them know what the real palette of Dallas, Texas is. Is because you know when I lived in Arizona, that was one of the more shocking things I found is we have a number of food items here in Texas that you will not find anywhere else. Right. So for all you Texas people out there, kolaches. Mm -hmm. If you go to a donut shop in any other state and ask for a kolache, they are going to look at you like you're an idiot. I had to drive around to when I lived in Tucson, Arizona, to five different donut shops, and on the fifth one. Randomly, the people there just happened to have lived in Plano, Texas for a few years. This is
0: how you know that you're dealing with a, a Texan. Um, you know, some people would say that, you know, that, that live in other parts of America. I don't know. Oh, you know, I come from California and there was one time I went to Serbia. And do you know how hard it was to find some avocado toast in Serbia, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. Jeremy, for a tiny part of his life moved to a different state (laughs) moved from texas to arizona and could regale you with tales probably for days yes about oh my do you know the struggle of a texan living in arizona it's so tough well
1: listen to this texas hospitality because that lady who owned the donut shop She was so in love with kolaches, but they couldn't sell there, so she would make them for herself and her husband every morning. Every time she made them, she would call me, and I would drive 30 minutes out of my way to go get those kolaches from her house because she knew the struggle of a Texan to not have those in her life. (laughs) The other thing is, is queso in other states is not a bowl of cheese dip. Queso is just cheese in other states. So I went to a Mexican restaurant, I asked for queso, and they literally just brought me out a bowl of shredded cheddar. So, <laughs> clearly, these are the next two things we need to introduce to Hungary. We right. need to show them queso. We need to show them kolaches. If they don't have Dr. Pepper, we're going to give them that too. <laughs> Hungary,
0: welcome to the Lone Star State. Are you listening to this, Hungary? All they you, are. All you need to do to make this happen is give me a job on the radio, <laughs> all right? You can get to me by sending an email via didyouamerica.com. I feel like Hungary doesn't even have radio. Well, what, like, or email or <laughs> internet. No, that now or or, um what what i would you'll write all the carrier pigeon messages what what i would like to see is uh you know if you you google a restaurant and then you'll get the link to the website and maybe some photos that people have posted from the website so on the hungry version of texas pizza Hut, the photo should be of the barbecue pizza every bit of typically texas food that you just mentioned that you struggle to find when you're out of state and then maybe a montage of people with their mouths wide open around (laughs) the ice cream machine (laughs) waiting to self-serve themselves soft ice cream from the machine straight down their throat i love it and then you just making it rain fajitas in everyone (laughs) (laughs) oh suddenly a future in hungary well it does sound terrible yeah it's still hungry any any American. radio programmers listening i do need a job otherwise hungary is my future maybe we'll find a programming director that's hungarian right there you go okay uh if you want to speak to us uh, on the show you can do did you America.com is the place to go uh you can type us a message there if you would like or you can leave us a voicemail as uh this guy did
1: hey ian this is steve in albuquerque he used to send you all kinds of emails when you had your uh Podcast with John Holmberg. I miss hearing you on there. I don't even listen to his show anymore because I don't hear you on there anymore. Glad you're having a podcast. You're doing okay out there. Hopefully, get another radio job sometime soon. Big fan of the show. Any more? Any other way I could support it? You let me know. Right, you have a good one, bro.
0: Uh, Steve, thank you for that. Uh, if you want to be on the show, all you do is go to didyouamerica.com, click Be on the Show, and then you can talk at your listening device. And uh, leave us a message. What, what was his name? Stephen Albuquerque.
1: Stephen Albuquerque. I have a way that you can continue
0: to support the show. Buy a fucking shirt. <laughs> that's true steve you can buy a shirt and uh then absolutely uh you would be uh supporting the show and then buy a candle um well yeah because once we sell out of the shirts then we're going to have uh, candles scented candles that will have the scent of freedom um i don't know so the radio station that i used to be on that he referenced was in phoenix so i don't know how he was uh i guess he was listening online i don't know how he found us in albuquerque but at least I know I've got options. I've got a potential huge Texan fan base in Hungary or Albuquerque. Albuquerque's <laughs> right? a tight city. And my appeal isn't uh getting less. It's just becoming more selective. Right. Right.
1: Basically you'll never be able to move out of the southwest or, you know, Hungary.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, maybe. Although Albuquerque Well, I um when I drove to uh, the great state of Texas, when I was moving from Arizona to Texas, we drove through Albuquerque. It was one of our stop-offs, and this is my reference point for Albuquerque. They had a Brazilian barbecue place, and it is the, uh, just some amazing barbecue. Uh, this is pre-COVID, so I was quite comfortable eating from the buffet, which was huge. Right. I was traveling with a vegan... Oh. Ugh she knew that she needed to stock up on food in albuquerque because when we were doing the drive from the north part of texas coming in from amarillo and then driving south to dallas i said to her as a vegan there ain't nothing you're going to be able to eat between <laughs> amarillo and dallas so like she wasn't fine with just like chewing on the spare tire i <laughs> i said if you get hungry between um, first of all there is hardly anything on that route no. never mind that i it's mean it's like just, eight
1: hours of actual yeah nothing. yeah
0: i said it, like if we get hungry between um amarillo driving south into dallas we basically need to pull over shoot a cow and and cook it that's the only <laughs> food that's available um but anyway my reference point for albuquerque was we stopped off there and uh, it was this great uh, a barbecue place that was not only great for me uh, who is all carnivore but also my friend uh, Sam, who was uh, a vegan. So uh, good on you, Albuquerque. For, uh, you well, know. more
1: good on Brazil,
0: but Albuquerque took it over.
1: You said it was a Brazilian barbecue. It was a Brazilian barbecue. Yeah, so, that, so they had like the bananas that
0: are like cinnamon for her. And then like. The, oh, I don't know. I wasn't looking at what she was eating. I was just eating meat and very happy about it. As a fat man, I look at everyone's body. <laughs> uh, T Anderson, please tell Jeremy I cracked up laughing just thinking about ordering an animal style burger from In-N-Out. What does that mean? I think it was. <laughs>
1: I think it was a comment you actually made when we were uh, we were talking about the tickle shack and how their, uh, their Anus Tukling service was uh, their secret menu,
0: Yeah, that's their animal stuff. It's a flashback to the previous uh, episode. Of course, since I quit drinking, I don't remember anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a Tickle Bar in Dallas, and uh, what, what did you suggest was on the secret menu? Well, you know, there's
1: it's obviously a sexualized place and so you know i wanted the anus tickle the anus
0: tukling <laughs> right yes okay yes t i see what you're talking about there yeah it is like ordering something from the secret menu uh mob production said chicken lady from kids in the hall was pretty hilarious uh, i do remember <laughs> we spoke about kids in the hall yeah
1: yeah you showed me that clip and i went on a deep dive that was uh Quite terrifying, although the guy in the chicken lady sketch also in a show called Superstore on NBC, and he's very funny in it. OK, yes. Yeah, so check yeah. that out. too. Uh,
0: I, I actually we mentioned when we did Kids in the Hall that my recollection of them was that they had a sketch uh, where a guy sang a song about Dave's that he knows. <laughs> right. And um, I did actually look that up on YouTube. Not as funny as I remember it. I being. liked it. I definitely thought it was. You it were, was a, it, the the concept was funnier than it, the uh, the actual. Basically, skit. Th- he walks the streets of wherever he lives in Canada, and introduces different people called Dave and <laughs> says what they do. Yeah, and it's a song called "These Are the Daves I Know." It was a very accurate song. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, a couple of other people wrote in. Um, Russell Day. Otherwise known as Bone Crow, says, Hi, Ian. I don't suppose you'll remember me, but about 10 years ago on XFM, that was my station in Schittsville, you asked people to text in saying who their favorite singer was and why. I text in saying Freddie Mercury because his voice could reduce me to tears despite being six foot one uh, and a hairy ass tattooed biker, and I won 50 iTunes downloads for this. Um,. Well, okay, but I should say uh, Russell Day wants me to promote... He's written a book, and he wants me to promote his new novel. So um, it's a zombie bank heist pandemic story called King of the Crows, all right? So um, if you like reading and you think that a zombie pandemic bank heist story would be entertaining, uh, look out for King of the Crows by Russell Day. The thing that struck me about this message was... 10 years ago, was I doing content that was so bad, I would say, call in and tell us who was your favorite singer. And if you said Freddie Mercury, you won the main prize. That's <laughs> a, because in 2020, that sounds like the word. Like, how bad is that? I
1: have a feeling it was just like Bohemian Rhapsody was coming up next. And you are like, oh, okay, he said Queen, I'll throw him on. <laughs> wow. Like, that is... Uh... I
0: thought I... Uh, um, do you, you know what I mean if I say manhole covers...
1: Wait, say it again.
0: Man, man, they're like where the oh, drains oh, yeah. are.
1: What do you call them? manhole covers. I right. thought. I thought. Never mind. I. What, what were you thinking? I thought you were saying like that was a band, manhole, and you used to do covers of their songs. There was a band called Manhole. Did you cover their songs? No,
0: <laughs> but I do. I see. My my memory of doing radio in the UK was I used to do great text conversations or getting people to call in where i'd set a ridiculous question that you thought no one would have a story about and then they'd call in and tell great stories and my go-to example of this was oh yeah when i was on in uh, london i used to do have you ever fallen down a manhole right and (laughs) and then people would call in and tell us hilarious stories about falling down manholes so this Uh, happens all the time in england no, it doesn't, but it was just I would just come up with the most obscure sounding question right. and then say, So what used to happen is I, I've got a long association with New York producer who works on this show now remotely from New York. We right. both we met one another when we worked in London. And so I would say to him, he would produce the show, and I go, All right, we're gonna do uh, Have You Ever Fallen Down a Manhole today? And he go, Don't be so stupid. No one's gonna you're ruining the show. And I'd be <laughs> like, watch me go. And um and, um, uh, oh, we also used to make people, um, get on ladders and call us fr- from <laughs> the top of the ladder. You, we used to a segment called, are you calling from a great height? <laughs> and we used to make, pe- I, and, I, and I used to have this theory that the higher the gradient, the better the call, oh right? So occasionally people would call in about something else. And I'd say, have you got, a?" Ch-? they'd be in their kitchen let's say, like, yeah. and I'd say, have you got a chair? And they go, yeah. I go, could you just stand on the chair for the (laughs) remainder of the conversation? So anyway, in in my my memory of me doing radio in Schnitzville is that I was almost like art house radio. I was so inventive. People calling in about falling down manholes. And um, you know, are you calling us from a great height? By the way, we can absolutely revisit all of these things. If anyone wants to get on a ladder and uh, leave us a message via the website, then we can totally do um, some... uh, We can bring back that feature. Oh, you called it from a great height. So in my memory, this is how creative I was being in London. But yet in an actual listener's memory, I was... Call us and tell us who your favorite singer is. And then someone calls in and goes, Freddie Mercury. I go, that's good. You can win the 50 iTunes downloads. <laughs> God, it just makes me sound
1: like I was really shit. No, that's, that's great. A radio right there, what? all you programmers out
0: there. <laughs> yeah. People listening at radio programmers in the great state of Texas going, there's this Brit who's in Texas and he hasn't got a job but if we put him on fm radio he'd make people climb to the top of ladders and then call in the show
1: we just need like some coked out ceo to like hear this and just be like oh my god we need more people on chairs get us ian (laughs)
0: campfield the higher the gradient the greater the call it's great theory (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh let's give it another plug um Russell Day. And by the way, uh, Bone Crow, as you used to call yourself, I do remember uh, you used to be a regular Texan. I remember that name, Bone Crow. So uh, Russell Day wants some publicity for his uh, zombie bank heist pandemic uh, novel that he's written. And um, I've lost the title of it. Uh, oh, King of the Crows. King of the Crows is the name of of that Uh, so if you want to uh, communicate with the show did you america.com as i said if you want to uh, type us a message you can do there if you would like to stand on a chair and talk to us from a great height uh just go to did you (laughs) america.com choose be on the show and then when you are at a higher gradient you can talk into your listening device it will record you and then you can actually be on the show please only only a minimum of ten feet off the ground, people. Right, or maybe uh, the 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 version of that for this show should be people just calling us wearing as many flag items as possible. I love it. Like, the, how about this? You climb up a ladder to show off how flagged up you are. You climb to a great height. It's like raising the flag, but Whoa. we're do- but we're doing it in human form. Raising the people flag. Raising the people flag. So people are climbing ladders while wearing some sort of patriotic piece of merchandise, preferably our t-shirt, which you can get from <laughs> digiamerica.com, um, and then and then messaging the show from a great height. And then whenever we hear the playback, you and I will just go, "Oh man, the quality of that call." Like, like the whole concept and just their tone of voice sounded so great you know why because they were wearing american colors and calling us from a great height perfect we're gonna get at only like six cars where we hear their fall <laughs> did you america.com for all of that thanks for checking out this one i think we did america today